This episode is brought to you by Amazon.com. Shop at Amazon by first going to our website, arthouse43.com or troymeetsworld.com. You click on the Amazon link at the top and then you shop away like you normally do. It brings a little money to the show by doing that. It costs you nothing, just a, like five seconds of your time. It's super easy and it's full of love. You can also donate directly to the show, arthouse43.com, and click on Donate. That's also fast, super easy, and it's instant love. Okay, let's do this. How the fuck are you? Are you doing well? I hope so. It's it's uh we're on the cusp of summer. That's pretty good, right? Ice cream, summer dresses, uh, walks in the park, summer dresses, puppies in the park, summer dresses. You know what I'm talking about. All right. Welcome to Art House Radio. This is episode number 89. I am your host, as always, Troy Ramos. This is something slightly new. I'm calling Friday Stories. It's like Pop Culture Fridays, but it's not limited to pop culture. So we'll just call it Friday Stories until I think of something better. If you have a suggestion, you can go ahead and tweet at me, at Arthouse43, if you got something better. If you don't, maybe STFU once in a while. Everybody just needs to shut the fuck up in this country, don't you think? So if you if you did that, then you'd be contributing. I like to shut the fuck up. I just am recording a podcast, and that would be weird if I did that right now. But I do like to shut my fucking mouth quite often, just so you know. Um, beautiful day today, right? Um, I uh, looked at a couple of new uh, places to live, one in the West Village and one smack downtown business district. Um, Detroit's such an exciting city, isn't it? Um, it's got a vibe to it, you know? It's uh, it's like, uh, especially after what it's been through, and if you saw it when it was, you know, on its knees, maybe maybe passed out with a needle in its arm in the gutter, collectively, um, this 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 energy, this this comeback feels even more sweet, sweeter, you know. It's it's almost like a um, a, a collective city that was, oh. oh a spouse that was getting the shit beat out of it by a monster for years and years. And finally the monster dies or you murder it and you get away with it. And, and now he's dead and you can just smell the roses. And I would imagine it's got to be like a second life or a, a, a soldier or somebody who goes through an experience and survives and, and they just sort of have a new outlook on life. That's what it's like. The phoenix rising from the ashes. Rise up. Rise up. All right. I'm not. Isn't that a Bruce Springsteen song? Doesn't he sing Rise Up? I think he does it more eloquently than, than I do. Um, I saw creepy Ryan Gosling movie number two last night. 
Yeah, I didn't care for it. It was like Blue Valentine meets CSI. So I know some of you are like, ooh, that sounds interesting. No, not really. I like I like Ryan Gosling Drive. I like Ryan Gosling Only God Forgives. Uh, this was on there. Put it on. The only thing I liked about it was that Kirsten Dunst has still got it. She's still got it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm not going to give anything away. You should watch it. But you're not going to watch it a second time. Let's put it that way. It's not like it's bad, of course. Great actors. Good story. Based on a true story, I think. Um, it says a lot about rich people and their kids. Rich people's kids. That's what it should have been called. Rich people's kids. What are they like? That's a pretty good title. Um, okay, so Friday stories. Let's get into it, shall we? Picked a couple of stories. By the way, later I'll be telling you what cereal I picked. you got to follow me on Instagram, at Troyston D, if you want to know what some of these uh, things that happen on the show I give little hints to or maybe take polls on Facebook or Twitter. Polls are cool, right? Um, things like that. So I went to the grocery store the other day put up pictures of like seven different uh six or seven different cereal boxes so i know this is this is this is it this is this is the big night it's like an award ceremony i'm wearing a tux right now in case you didn't know that it's called cereal night here in bc the home of cereal the cereal city usa Uh, but that'll come a little bit later of course i got to draw that out i know people are going to want to hear about it so i got to put that at the end and uh yeah i think that the nominees are waffle crisp uh, Fruity Pebbles, I believe. Apple Jacks. Apple Jacks is dope. Let me tell you, I love Apple Jacks. Um, Captain Crunch. I think it's Peanut Butter Crunch, actually. Big difference, obviously. Um, don't get me started on Captain Crunch. I don't like... Uh, uh, there's a lot of games that uh, that the Captain Crunch uh, 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 makers play. Like the Cap'n Crunch straight up is, it's good, but it multiplies in milk. It goes on forever. Um, but, and the Cap'n Crunch, I think the Cap'n Crunch with berries is probably the most honest one. Oops, all berries is cheating. You got to earn that shit. That's a rigged game. You can't play that game. Um, but Cap'n Crunch with berries is good, but you just pick out the berries and then you got Cap'n Crunch. So, I can understand why they did that, but peanut butter crunch, that's like, that's a big step. That's like an artistic leap. That's an experiment by the captain. It's a good one. Uh, and there were a couple others. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Raisin Bran was one of them, and I know how boring, right? Um, and maybe Cocoa Pebbles. I think it might have been Cocoa Pebbles was the other one. I used to like Fruity Pebbles until they added the Blue Pebble, and, and um, I can hear you all. Looking at your podcast thing. Don't turn it. It gets better. I promise. Let's go straight to the stories here. Friday stories. Number one. That time Detroit gave Saddam Hussein the key to the city. Okay. All right. True story. That's a true story. 1980. The Cold War. MTV is just about to get off ground, right? Reverend Jacob Yasso, uh, born in Iraq, Became moved to Detroit for some reason. Well, uh, I should tell you that Dearborn, which is a Detroit suburb, um, has, I believe, the highest Iraqi immigrant population, at least in the U.S., might be in the world. Although that might not be true in the Middle East. I'm not sure. At least the United States. At least. 
Um, so he moved there to Detroit. He became head of some Catholic church, which is a weird stretch. It's called the Ch- Chaldrean Catholic Church here in Detroit, and praised publicly Saddam and congratulated him like publicly um, on his rise to power. You know, what a guy. Just uh, you send him that uh, bouquet of flowers, a bouquet. Hooray, hooray, Saddam. Hooray, hooray, Saddam. Uh, Saddam, in return, of course, as they do, gangsters sent uh, the church $250,000, which wasn't that uncommon because I guess he was doing that at that time, like um, sort of around the world. He wasn't apparently a religious guy. I mean, he's technically, I think, a Sunni, but I don't think religion played a big role in his life or his fucking douchebag dead as a dead as a whatever sons god the, the world is better off with those those two gone for sure probably i'm sure all three of them but anyway he sent the church 250,000 yaso was then invited to baghdad and that's where um yaso gave uh, saddam he presented saddam a key to the city at 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 the palace or at dinner um, that was given to him by then Detroit Mayor Coleman Young. We're not going to get into Coleman Young, but we probably could. Anyway, I sound like Casey Kasem there a little bit. Yeah, Detroit. That's uh, got to live that one down. Like Rummy, remember Rummy? He was uh, remember him in two thousand one. He's like, we know where the we know where the WMDs are. We know where they're at. So just shut up and get out of the way. And then people were like, oh look at this this uh, picture of him shaking hands with Saddam Hussein. And then fast forward 16 years later, no weapons of mass destruction. The, shan- the handshake's still there, though. Got that video. And uh, Saddam's got a key to the city. All right, what are you going to do? I don't know if you have to give that back. doesn't matter because he's dead. But uh, it happened. Get over it. All right, that's, first, uh, that's the first story. The second story is a little bit uh, weird. I saw this somewhere when I was uh, reading uh, some stuff this morning. Why did pirates wear earrings? Do you know the answer to this? It's a little... <coughs> okay, I'll tell you. Um, so they, they, it was a mark of travel and voyage. Okay, that makes sense. Um, it was sometimes they were worn to commemorate their first crossing of the equator or Cape Horn or, you know, things like that. Okay, that makes sense. So they're like uh, those military badges, right? You get to tell what uh, what people have accomplished on them. Purple hearts, all that kind of thing. Um, superstition. They did it for superstition, of course. Now we're starting to get into the stupid category. And uh, some pirates, um, they say some, but I've heard that it's, I've read somewhere that it's a lot. They believed earrings would improve or even cure bad eyesight as they believed the precious metals in possessed uh, in the uh, earrings possessed magic healing powers. <laughs> Pirates are dumb. I mean, look at their outfits. That's just a dumb thing to wear. That's it's swashbuckling. I mean, I don't know. I guess pirates still technically exist. I don't know. What does the deal with precious metals? Why are humans so obsessed with precious metals? They, they're, they don't do anything, do they? I mean, they're not worth anything. What, what, what is gold? What, what, what does it matter? Silver? Well, who cares? How is that useful to anybody? Because it looks cool? 
I guess, you know, um, maple cherry wood looks cool too. Uh, so does Cool Ranch Doritos, but how are you trading that? That doesn't doesn't matter. I mean, you can't. I'm not going to try and pretend that Cool Ranch Doritos is as useful as gold, but actually it's probably more useful because you can fucking eat it. So take that, uh, gold standard. So that's Pirates for you. I don't know. what. I don't know. Maybe they were like, uh, I, I think they did it for the rock star status. That's probably what it was. They are probably banging a lot, of, a lot of women back then with the earrings and the, the whole swashbuckling thing. Uh, that's um, that's just my two cents. So anyway, yeah, pirates wore them because they believed it cured bad eyesight. All right, whatever, pirates. Okay, now we'll go to the the third story. This is a short one. The uh, I've got four of them. Hold on. Um, the third one is about Netflix. Let me see if I can just read you uh, the headline here. It says Netflix will have to suck it up. Why the Cannes Film Festival is not chill. The streaming giant has had a spoke in its wheel after protests over two of its Cannes films not being released in cinemas. But if it wants the kudos, Netflix will have to toe the line. I'll just read just a little bit of it here. You've heard of Netflix chill. Oh, sorry, Netflix and chill. Sorry, I didn't read that right. I've heard of that. I don't do that. I just watch Netflix. I don't need the chill part. I don't need to be so hip or hipster to say that I Netflix and chill. NNC. The Cannes Film Festival is having a Netflix and not chill moment. A Netflix and stress moment. That's a sentence. A Netflix and stress moment. This is from The Guardian. Jesus Christ. What is this? They get somebody from like TMZ to write this. A Netflix and migraine moment. Hold on. That's two in a row. The second sentence was a Netflix and stress moment, period. A Netflix and migraine moment, period. Why don't I have a job writing for The Guardian? Why don't you? Apparently, you can get a job if you apply. Uh, it continues, for better or worse. Two of this year's Palme d'Or contenders are funded by Netflix, the streaming media outfit which recently expanded into film and TV production. Not so recent, but whatever. Bong Joon Ho's Oka, starring Tilda Swinton and Noam Baumbach's The Mayorowitz Stories, starring Adam Sandler. Ooh, I don't know about that. I, I tried to watch Sandy Wexler. I couldn't even get through it. This, we had thought, is a sign of the time for Cannes. This and the fact that the festival was also going to showcase TV work from David Lynch and Jane Campion. Could it be that the festival was moving away from old school cinephile insistence on the primacy of the big screen? Not so fast. French exhibitors, represented by the National Federation of Cinemas. God, that sounds bureaucratic. I mean, you could, you could just feel the paperwork in that sentence. They were livid about the inclusion of these Netflix hipsters because Netflix wasn't committed to showing these films in their movie theaters. The prestige and publicity of Cannes was to be bestowed on Netflix product, which would not bring a single euro to French cinemas. The art of the cinema had been taken lightly. The French industry treated as a glorified, uh, ad platform, glorified ad platform and French cultural amour propre had been dissed. Amour propre. And the Cannes Film Festival is a jewel of the Fifth Republic of the Republic of France. Now the Cannes authorities have calmed the situation by announcing that as of next year, chosen films would have to guarantee a conventional French cinema's showing. 
but that the Netflix films could stay for now. For its part, Netflix has offered to show these movies very, very briefly in French cinemas under a temporary license. No more than six screenings, as one industry hand put it to me. It's the equivalent of John F. Kennedy agreeing to remove nuclear, U.S. nuclear missiles from Turkey. Well, I don't know. I think, I mean, I, I think that I understand what they're saying, both sides. I don't see what the problem is with just playing it in a cinema. What? Who cares? Why can't they just play it in the cinema? What? I mean, it doesn't. Netflix. I think Netflix has to get over that a little bit because you. People have like projectors that they watch Netflix on, like in their houses, or they project them into home movie theaters, right? I mean, there are pretty massive screens nowadays that you can get in, like, you could do it in a theater, and people certainly do that. So, what's the big deal? It doesn't matter what you watch it on as long as you're pulled into it, right? This is just typical Netflix and French uh, aristocracy attitude. That's what it is. Them try. I'm very tired, by the way. I'm sorry if I'm not making any sense. I had a long day of driving and all that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I there's always something going on w- with Can, and it's always about this procedure. I don't like tradition very much. I like tradition if it's if it makes sense and it's not so full of itself. But like the Can Film Festival, do you know how much money that probably costs? Who pays for that? The French government. And if it's the French government, then that means the people are paying for it. I don't know. I mean, it seems like France has, like, all their stuff covered, I guess. Like, uh, you know, the, everybody's got food and they've got health care and, and all that. I don't know. It seems like that's probably the case. So it's harder for me to say, like, why don't you spend that on something useful? But I'm guessing there's probably other things to spend it on. It just it sort of turned into like a circus, hasn't it? Film, but now I'm not trying to downplay film festivals. They're definitely useful. But I think you can, this is probably not that big of a deal. I think Netflix just has to um, accept that it is a different experience going to a movie theater. And it's okay to, to be in both. I mean, I watch stuff on Netflix that I've seen on the big screen. It's a different experience, of course. But that doesn't mean... It shouldn't go both ways, right? I mean, that's the best part about watching a, a movie, I think. Uh, you can watch it at home, and you can definitely be affected and moved by it. But fucking hell, you're never going to replace the big screen, ever. Even if you have one at your house, unless you're opening it up to the public, and it looks and feels like a movie theater with, you know, darkness and the the chairs and and the mystery and you don't know who that person is or whatever and you that's that's it's it's sexy right I've had this discussion before with the, with the Queen of Siam we talked about this it's a sexy thing to go to a movie theater and, and you you can never replace that I think in your house so I think it would be great to try Netflix only series or movies um, on the big screen why not let's give it a go okay. Let's go to the fourth and final story here. 15 fun facts about dreams. Are you ready for this? I uh, I haven't got much sleep this week, so I figured, well, let's just see what, what I might be missing out on. It's not like I haven't slept at all, but uh, let's just go. Uh, well, I'll read you. I skipped, skipped a couple of these. Um, some of them were very uninteresting, but um, let's just start with number one. You forget 90% of your dreams. Interesting. 
interesting. I don't know if I remember even 10%. If there's if they're suggesting that you remember 10% for your whole life or just that you remember at some point. So if you wake up and you're like, "Oh, that was a weird dream, blah blah blah." And then you wouldn't remember you wouldn't remember it beyond that point. So the amount of dreams that you actually remember, I mean, there are maybe a handful of dreams I can remember in my entire life. And I could tell you, I could tell you two of them right now. I remember when I was a kid and I dreamed I was Luke Skywalker and we weren't brother and sister, you know, so, you know, where this story is gone. Um, and I remember swinging across. You remember when he swang, swang, swung? Remember when he had done swung from one side to the other of the, where the the power beam that Obi-Wan um, put down and the bridge had fallen and there were stormtroopers were breaking through and then he, he grabbed her and he done swung to the other side? It was that, and I was so taken with it, and I remember. And I tried for weeks to get back to that place. Couldn't do it. I still remember that dream, though. I remember a dream that... Uh, I was riding in a car down Dickman Road here in BC, playing the guitar, and somehow I was playing in person, and then it came through the radio. Back then, you didn't; there weren't podcasts. Like, if you were on the radio, like you were getting backed by a record company or a local DJ or something, so it was a bigger deal. And it, it was playing through, and I remember, I still remember waking up and thinking how much I loved what I was hearing, but also that it, it didn't exist. So in the dream, I had written some piece of music that was happening then. And I couldn't remember it. And it always bothered me then. And it still bothers me now that I couldn't remember it, but what are you going to do? Okay. Anyway, now let's go to number two, blind people dream. They're also people just so you know. Um, they like, they like to eat. They like to fall in love. They, they, they don't like fire. If you, if you try to light them on fire, they hate that. It's an interesting question. I joke, but if you've been blind your entire life, that would be, if you could see those dreams, it'd probably look like, I don't know, a Jackson Pollock. Maybe I have no idea. If you don't know what anything looks like, I don't understand how you would dream. Would you? Your brain would, I guess, just, it would just be like you were in the sea, right? Maybe. In the sea at night. I don't know. I wonder what sort of, I wonder what sort of happens in terms of light and dark for a blind person's dream. But if they became blind later in life, obviously that's not as dramatic. Uh, Number four, in dreams, we only see faces we know. I don't know if that's true. If they mean, if we only seen faces that we've seen, that might be true. I've heard people theorize or hypothesize that if you, if you're in a dream and you see people that you don't know or you don't recognize, it's not that you haven't seen them before. They were just side characters in a show of your life. So if you, let's say you you're walking around, you went to a farmer's market downtown, wherever you are. You didn't see anybody that you knew, but you saw a bunch of faces and your brain stored those faces and is, is letting them come back in your dreams, even though you don't know those people, but you've seen them before. 
So I don't know. It depends on what they mean. I think, uh, I think, uh, I don't know. I think, I, I think we don't, I think we, we only, we only see faces we know. It's definitely not true. Uh, five, <laughs> I think people probably did all this scientific work and research and I'm just like, nope, not everybody dreams in color. 12% of the people in the world dream in black and white. How about that? Those, I wonder if those are all people that like, I wonder if it changes by generation, like if it parallels TV technicolor, probably not. I don't know. I wonder if, wonder if it has anything to do with age of that 12%. What, what's their age? Is it men? Is it women? It'd be interesting to know. Maybe it's the colorblind. I don't know what the percentage of colorblind people is, but, uh, dreams are symbolic. I don't know. I'm not a big person. Is this not a fact? It's not a fact. You can't say something symbolic as a fact. Can you? Sometimes maybe. I don't know. But I don't know. I think people put too much emphasis on dreams. Are they trying to analyze them? I think uh, Freud wasn't completely full of shit, but he wasn't. He, he There was some shit in there, for sure. Anxiety is the most common emotion during a dream. That seems about right. It always seems like you're something's happening and you're you're anxious for something, except for that dream with Princess Leia. Although I was getting away from storm stormtroopers, so... Um, the average uh, is about one to two hours a night of dreaming and about four to seven dreams per night. Okay. Um, animals dream too, just so you know. I don't know what they dream of, but uh, treats and uh, buttholes. <laughs> My animals love buttholes so much. That's gross. Uh, number 10, body paralysis. There's a mechanism in the brain that pre- prevents the movements which occur in the dream to transfer into the physical body. That seems like an important one. So you wouldn't want, um, you know, if you're you're running down the street, you wouldn't all of a sudden want to get up and start sleepwalking. So that, that seems like a pretty big one. But I, I had that the other night where I always fall asleep on the couch. This is riveting podcasting, isn't it? Riveting. You can't, you can't look away. I fell asleep on the couch and I was just twitching trying to get up and I couldn't do it and finally like four hours later I was able to get the strength don't you hate that it's almost like you're being held against your will I was basically uh sleep raped it's basically what happened I was trying to get up I couldn't I think I mean think I might have yelled no once or twice but my brain didn't care it raped me I got raped by all my own brain I've got two left and I think these are the most interesting if you're snoring, then you cannot be dreaming. The fact is repeated all over the internet, but I'm a bit suspicious whether it's really true as I haven't found any scientific evidence to support it. Okay, I thought this was more of a scientific report. This is this is like a fucking, what is this? The, a school project for a seventh grader? I apologize for this. I thought this was um, whatever. That that None of these are probably true. Everything I just told you is bullshit. Because I didn't, the previous ones all had these little articles and it looked like, oh, okay, it looked like there's some, some, uh, some research done or it's quoting some research, but no, it sounds like a seventh grader did this, which means that, uh, number 15, the final one is really not true. You can, you can, oh, I thought I said can't. Oh, you can experience an orgasm in your dream. Oh, baby. I don't know if I, I don't know what happens where you don't have those um later in life why do you have those only earlier in life 
Um, I've had a couple as an adult. I'm just going to tell you that flat out. A couple. Very strange. And I remember waking up thinking, what? What am I, 12? But but why doesn't it keep happening? I don't understand. I think it, I think the only reason it doesn't is because as you get older, you're always full of pee. You always got to pee. You can't you can't let that go. That's 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 um you know you could be getting into some serious territory there. Like uh, in terms of um, what do they call that in relationships where they have deal breakers? That could be a deal breaker. You you let that go, you're squeezing out you know a, a bucket full of piss all over your loved one and uh, might not go down, man. Okay, um, so that's what I've got for Friday stories. I wish you would um, write into me and give me some. You can uh, maybe I'll put a poll up or something uh, at our house forty three. Let me know how that's going. I am so tired. It's late, but I am I'm trying to uh, uh, um, keep that regular thing going again. Um, I would like to tell you that my cereal that I chose was Raisin Bran, of course. Raisin Bran, what a punk. I'm such a punk bitch. Raisin Bran. I went for the fiber. I went for the roughage. What are you going to do? I feel bad. I feel like if I get uh, Apple Jacks, let's just say Apple Jacks or Waffle Crisp, which I love Waffle Crisp. It's so good. Oh, CT Crunch, I think, was one of them on the, on the photos. I'm not sure. But I feel like I'm just basically eating like a donut. And, and raisin bran is definitely full of sugar too, but yeah, yeah, it's not uh, like you can eat an entire box of CT Crunch. There's no poop coming out, but you eat an entire box of raisin bran, you might poop your pants before you're end up done with the bowl. So there's some benefit to it. I just can't bring myself to buy anything but raisin bran or crunchy raisin bran. Sometimes honey nut crunch or something like that. Um, you know, like the honey bunches of oats. Is it O's or oats? I don't know. I can't remember. Okay. Um, thank you for listening. That's the end of this Friday Stories podcast. I'll be back next week with some peeps, some stuff, some shows. We're getting close to the 100th episode. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe I'll try and get uh, um, Dan Harmon on here, Duncan Trussell. Listen, I heard a stat. I was listening to Jordan Peterson, who's the professor in Toronto that everybody's attacking. He was on the Joe Rogan Experience. Joe Rogan Experience is, is easily my favorite podcast. And it, that podcast changed my life for the better. Like think of something that's made your life like when you were way, way down and, and you needed something to pick you up. Like I'm, I'm talking like life-saving type things. Not life-saving, but um, I mean just so... Uh, uh, important in my life at a pivotal time and that podcast fucking saved me and i'm i'm eternally grateful to joe rogan and that podcast anyway um they were talking about about uh popularity of podcasts or whatever and uh the guest brought up joe rogan's downloads he's like i've heard that it's like 60 million a month downloads and joe rogan said it's about 120 now and the guy was just, and I was blown away. That's a billion downloads a year. We've never seen numbers like that. A lot of people don't even, I don't know that many people who listen to his podcast, to be honest. I love it. I've been listening to it for years and years and years. And 
we, we Johnny Carson, uh, fucking Ed Sullivan, they ne- no numbers like that. 120 million downloads a month. That's insanity. Uh, yeah. So that's that's like Super Bowl ad money when you get sponsors. Speaking of sponsors, don't forget to go to Amazon.com, but make sure you go to our website first so that before you shop so that you can help us get some of that Joe Rogan money. And tell your friends so that we can get some of those Joe Rogan downloads. Save it. All right? Just, sorry, I meant to say share it. Share it. Come on. What are you waiting for? And uh, listen, if you, if you have time, you, you should go to Sounds Like Troy Ramos on Facebook. I've got a new album coming out. I've got the uh, piano LP cover, 12 stars. That's the new album. It's not out yet, but it'll be out soon. Um, take a look at it, you know, and uh, tell me what you think. I think it's a cool cover. Um, if you don't, if you don't uh, want to wait for that, I've got plenty of stuff on on Amazon or iTunes. Three other albums. You can go to TroyMeetsWorld.com and follow the links. I'm just a poor boy, just trying to make it in this big old world. I could really use a boost um, every time somebody buys something. It's not just a financial boost. It's a, a it's like a, a lift me up. It's a you're raising me up on an eagle's wings. Or uh, um, did you ever know you're my hero kind of thing? With uh, Bat Midler, what was what's her name? What's her nickname? The Gooch? Is that what it is? All right, I'm gonna get out of here. Listen, it's been great talking with you. Thank you for listening. I will see you next week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy that sunshine. Get that summer dress going. Yeah. Okay. All right. Till next time, friends. Woke up this morning with my mind on low. Said me a little prayer.